Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about blogs and podcasts in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and joining me here today in the makerspace at the downtown Edmonton Public Library is Andy Grabia, the man behind the egg ball, a contributor to the storied hockey blog, The Battle of Alberta, <laughs> and a veteran of the Edmonton blogosphere. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Uh, this episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by the Ignite Edmonton Festival, the ultimate gathering for entrepreneurial teams, creative builders, and change makers in our community. Stay tuned for details later in this podcast on how you can get a special deal on admission to the festival. So tell me, tell me your blogging history. Tell me where it started. Well, I guess I, it started from wanting to write and have my voice be heard, obviously. Um, and then just sort of this realization that, you know, in the early 2000s, is that right? Yeah, 2000s, that uh, there were tools that would allow you to do that. Um, and so Blogger was the first tool that I jumped into, 2002, 2003. Um, and that was the Cosby sweater. And I used a, a pseudonym at that time because I, I was working at a place where I, it probably would have been fine, but it, it was still so new, right? So yeah. you just didn't know, like, like what's a blog? And my boss is gonna like get? Am I gonna get in trouble if I write about? I mean, I wrote about everything. I, I think my first blog post was actually something. It was like a mass email that I had written that I had just put out as the as the blog post, which was uh, I, I'm a, a, a big J.R. Tolkien fan, and that was right around the time that the Lord of the Rings movies had come out, and there was. I'd read the news that there were going to be, this <laughs> sounds so bad, that there were going to be uh, elves in the Battle of Helm's Deep. And if I wrote this massive tirade that I would have sent to a bunch of my friends through email at that time, because that was the only way to do it, which was when it was titled, There Are No Elves at Helm's Deep. I mean, there was one, but, uh, <laughs> um, and I think I took that and put that, that was, if not my first, it was early on, that was sort of my first foray. So yeah, I did a lot of really... Nerdy things, I did a little bit of politics, but mostly it was pop culture <clears throat> under the Cosby sweater. Well, the next big one was Sports Matters. So that was me and uh, Alex Abood and uh, Kevin Kimmis and Nathan Muley and Martin Kennedy under a pseudonym at the time. I'm, re- I'm revealing <laughs> him now. Hopefully, oh, my I'm, goodness. Uh, this could be, be okay. quite the thing. Um, this, this sounds like a lot of Kappa Alphas. This must have come <laughs> yes, out of the Yes, it was. It was. All of us were Kappa, yeah. so all of us were. But we were all sports people, so it was an opportunity for us just to write about sports. So that's what we did. So I, that ended up being me. I had left my job at that time and was doing some freelancing and doing some speech writing. So, uh, And I had kind of left as well because I wanted to just sort of write uh, for myself. And so uh, Alex and I contributed the most probably um, – which is not surprising. We b- and both of us would write. Uh, Martin gives us a hard time for uh, writing like ten thousand word pieces on a blog post, but uh, who, I was like, "Who cares? Like, I get to write whatever I want. It doesn't matter. I don't have an editor. I don't." Anyway, so we started doing that, and at, at around the same time as that happened, uh, we were writing about all kinds of sports. But that's sort of when sort of the uh, the oil atmosphere started to appear at the same time. Matt Fenwick and Hugh McKenzie started Battle of Alberta within weeks like separately we didn't even know each other at that point started battle of alberta at that point we kind of knew each other through actually as commenters through colby's colby kosh's blog um but not in person or anything like that they started that mike winters chris butet and dave barry started covered in oil uh tyler dello sort of jumped from the forums where he was getting banned (laughs) for being tyler dello um (laughs) 
uh, started MC79 Hockey, uh, Low Tide started Low Tide, uh, and then Pat started Black Dog Hate Skunks, Aaron Loxham started Hot Oil. So there was a whole bunch of us sort of writing at that time. Um, and we all basically commented on the on those posts with each other and basically created this community amongst ourselves that expanded. Um, and then after the first year, Hugh left um, Battle of Alberta. He was had to, for he was doing his some thesis work and needed to go to like literally the most remote regions of Siberia to wow. do this stuff. I made the jump over to Battle of Alberta, and then Matt and I did that for a couple of years, and that was very successful and and fantastic, and we had a great time doing that. Um, it was still early, early on in the oil sphere, and. We didn't do it for money. We had no advertising. We were still running. The blog is still on like a crappy blogger template. It's still like the original thing. I think the most work we ever did on it was I created a banner for it that at the time was like, oh, this is amazing. And now it just looks like a piece of crap. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was a fun experience. And that was a real, again, a real growth um, in the oilogosphere. And we were really far ahead and, and really doing a lot of really interesting stuff as a group in terms of analytics. Um, I mean, I wasn't doing the analytics, but having those conversations, Tyler was and others were, Vic Ferrari, um, uh, Corsi numbers, all of that stuff, Fenwick number, that all comes out of all that. All these kind. things come out of uh, not just the blogosphere, but a lot of it comes out of the oilogosphere, Exactly. Right? A lot of it comes exactly right out of the oilogosphere. I mean, Colby was really the first one. I mean, he was writing his blog for for the National Post and his own thing at the time. And he was the one that we, kind of ahead of all of us. But then, you know, the rest of us sort of came in. And, yeah, um, it was one of those things where, like, you know, I remember James Myrtle did an article about us from the Globe and Mail. And it was that was sort of the thing. Like, how did this happen? And it was this kind of circumstance and it was also because we had the playoff run and it was like just a lot of stuff but yeah it was it's really interesting still now to look back like 10 years later about and how f- how formative some of that stuff is right like if if you're a hockey fan you probably know what a Fenwick number is well that's the guy that I used to write the blog post with uh you know like Tyler Dello now works for the Oilers like it's it's crazy like I'm in a I'm in fantasy baseball with these guys and they're doing these amazing things and so yeah, and that all happened. That all came out of blogging. And, you know, I considered lots of those guys. I mean, the caps that I started doing stuff with with Sports Matters have obviously been my friends for a long time. But Colby's one of my best friends. And I'm, you know, Matt and and, and Pat and all those guys like and, and Tyler, like I, I consider them good friends. And it all came out of just a bunch of guys who just wanted to talk about hockey. But also talk about hockey in a different way than the mainstream media was talking about hockey at the time, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, we were always very open about the fact we were always running from the basis of a fan. It was not about being objective, which is what we would hear a lot of journalists say to us, well, we have to be, do this and do that. Mainstream media wasn't providing the type of insight that we that as fans we w- were interested in it anymore. Um, and a lot of that ties into us being baseball fans and sort of seeing what happened with Sabermetrics and money and Moneyball, which is all, this is all happening around the same time. And as fans, seeing that sort of stuff happen in baseball, although there was still a lot of resentment amongst the old guard and, and, and mainstream media there towards Sabermetrics, there were a lot of teams embracing it. And it was sort of like, well, why isn't hockey doing this same sort of thing? So that was a lot of the conversations we were having, which was, the valuable information that we really need to know as fans to really appreciate the game. Um, and I know myself, I mean, 
I was always considering myself a dabbler in that stuff more than someone who was really good at it, like Tyler or Vic. Like these guys know their stuff, uh, Colby and Matt as well. Um, even to this day, like I watch a hockey game completely different now than I did before. Right. There are things that I paid much more attention to that I never used to, um, and it's just through that experience. So the Oilakosphere now is quite different from during the heyday of the Battle of Alberta. How has it changed? Well, a lot of us stopped. Yeah, why? <laughs> a lot of us got burnt out. We were doing it for free. We were doing it all the time. The performance of the team definitely uh, changed things. It went from that uh, euphoria of a playoff run and a team that looked like it was great to the pronger trade and just and then years of poorly managed and poorly performing teams um so that just wears on you i mean you're if you're doing it as a fan and you're doing it for fun and your team is not fun (laughs) then it's just you kind of lose that thing i mean there are some you know someone like jonathan willis or some of those other guys they've made that leap into doing things like jonathan ended up writing for espn and he you know was just a commenter and on our pages right they stuck around with it but for some of us it were just like doing it as a side thing it was one of those things where it was like uh you know, and the arena stuff didn't help that. We were all very skeptical of the arena stuff, having done a lot of research in terms of, you know, the actual economic benefits of of, of arenas and those types of uh, um, things. So, yeah, it just got burnt out. You know, you, you have personal lives. And so Covered in Oil kind of got shut down and we kind of shut down. And Low Tide still does it. Tyler still does it. Pat still does it. But they just don't do it as much. I mean, you're also getting at that same time the introduction of, of Facebook and Twitter, which changed things, right? Before that, everything was happening in a forum or it was happening on a blog, in the comments of a blog. Twitter and Facebook changed all of that, Twitter in particular, because you could just have the conversation right there. You didn't need to go into a comment and reply. You could just exchange stuff with each other. So that kind of changed things as well. I know myself, I just got burnt out of doing it. I felt like I was writing, giving to paying attention to a team that didn't deserve it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I I kind of tried to treat myself. It was a very difficult task, but to try to treat myself as a very, as a consumer. Yeah. And if I'm getting bad product, why am I continuing to buy the product? That's really difficult to do as a fan, as someone who gives over their, I mean, fans like a fanatic, you're giving yourself blindly to a team. But I was like, this it's asking too much of me and this is bad product and this is bad decisions. And so I could be doing other things that where I'm actually enjoying myself instead of like watching a hockey game where I'm miserable within the first five minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. So then there were other sort of ventures and, you know, I still dabble in things, you know, I, that move from Battle of Alberta to Y Downtown, which was more just a blog specifically about the arena, which I did for a while until I got a burnt out talking about the arena. Um, uh, Nathan and I had a blog called the NQ briefly where it was sort of like pop culture stuff. Um, yeah. And then Tumblr comes along and get obsessed with that. You, you like Tumblr a lot. I love Tumblr. Why? (laughs) I just find it really creative and inspiring in terms of a tool, in terms of a platform and to do things. I like it because you can really do really simple micro projects with it that can just be there for a short period of time and then disappear. 
So we've done, you and I have done that. For example, we did the Tremolchio thing about the Great Gatsby with a bunch of us. And that to me was like, put it all up in the Tumblr and then we do that project and we're done. And it, it, it just, that's it. I, I really don't know how to describe it other than I just find it to be wildly creative and liberating, just sort of seeing the stuff that happens on there yeah. um, and the way that people can play around with the tool to do things. And I, it just fascinates me. I still have like an andygrabia.ca website, which is my personal site that has a blog on it that I write every once in a while. Yeah, sort of turned my attention now to talking about baseball in Edmonton and the history of baseball in Edmonton and have chosen to use Tumblr as my platform again <laughs> instead of WordPress. Yeah, so this is yegball.tumblr.com, uh-huh. yeah. right? Yeah. Tell me about the idea behind Yegball. Um, really, it just uh, it came out of two things. I mean, I'm a huge baseball fan, a huge baseball fan. In fact, I enjoy baseball now much more than any other sport. I mean, it used to be hockey and baseball. I mean, as a Canadian, it's hard to get away from hockey, but I actually watch, I actually think I watched two Oiler games last year, um, period, which is crazy considering how much I used. I used to post like, not just watch, I post like five times a day about the Oilers. And now I watch like two games a year. I watch the playoffs. I still pay attention, you know, through people that I follow, my friends and you know, these guys on Twitter to sort of stay in the loop of stuff. But baseball is my real passion in terms of as, as a fan, as a sports fan. So it came out of that. Um, it came out of seeing uh, recent conversations about what to do with uh, Telus Field, which we should actually just be calling John Ducey Park. Telus still does no longer has a sponsorship deal with the city of Edmonton. Let's just call it what it is. That and then, then actually just sort of finally after – a long time of having having a copy of the Rajah of Renfrew, which is a history of sort of a history of baseball in Edmonton, sort of told through the story of of John Ducey and his life, just was like this is fantastic. I mean, there's people have been there's stuff out there, there's great stuff out there uh, that people have shared, but to sort of have it all in one place where I could really dissect things. There have been more roads and venues that have opened to me, just sort of digging into this, and I had kind of thought I thought it would kind of just be like. Oh, I'll find some historical photos through the archives. I'll share the, I'll take the occasional photo. I'll share some stuff. And I've really found some things where I'm like, oh, I can actually do some really good research on this, which I love. I can do some, and do some writing, a lot more writing than I thought I could do. When you do a post, you go deep. You go far. Yeah. And this gets back to sort of what I was talking about before about Martin giving me a hard time. uh, That's, doesn't matter what I do when it comes to writing. My nature is to, I do a lot of research before I put anything down. I dig to try to find every single piece of thing that could be of value. And then I go, okay, yes, I could, I just curate from there, right? I go, oh, this I want to use, this I don't want to use, this I can use later. But yeah, I collect a lot of information on a lot of things. A, because I don't want to miss anything. That's just in my nature. I just, I don't want someone to be like, oh, you didn't mention this and be like, oh, <laughs> A, I missed it. I don't. A, B, I don't. I feel stupid. I don't want to feel stupid. That's like the thing I hate most in the world. But also just because I really like digging. I didn't realize the passion I sort of had for being a very amateur historian until I started doing some of this stuff. And the internet, of course, is so great for that in terms of being able to find a lot of things. It's not perfect. There are still. Whoever, if someone from the Edmonton Journal is listening or post, it's not the journal, someone from Post Media is listening. I know it's a major investment, but if we could digitize the old journals, it would be fantastic. Like I actually used microfiche a couple of weeks, months ago at the University of at the U of A, which was fantastic. It was a, like a total surreal experience back to being in, in school. But 
like you can't search, right? You have to yeah. know the date that you're looking for or the, an approximate date and just kind of go through that. Whereas even having the, the most recent journal stuff up, which I can access through Edmonton Public Library, yeah. which is also wonderful, like that's just fantastic, right? I can just type in a name or a, a thing and, and just everything pops up. Yeah, I agree. There's great riches that are just sitting there and people would use it. People yeah. eat that stuff up. Yeah. I mean, even just for the, you know, yeah. Seems like it would be good just for them themselves to be able to get that because my understanding is even people at the journal can't find that stuff. Like I kind of thought people at the journal had like it wasn't available, but some there was a, d- a database or something at the journal, and it's not right. Not a database. I yeah. mean, the microfiche and the microfilm yeah. is there, but yeah. but you would have to dig through it exactly as right. much. So, yeah. so what do you want to do with Yegbal? Do you want to just keep it going? Yeah, I'm I'm still really liking writing about it. There are a couple of thoughts that I have about you know, whether we should keep that stadium in the, in the city or not, or take it down. Um, and I, I would like to share those and have that sort of viewpoint out there because I do think that would be a a terrible mistake for the city to tear that down. It was made for a very reasonable price of $11 million paid for primarily by taxpayers 20 years ago, 20 years ago. And it's still an elite triple A level ballpark. You're never, if you tear that down, you're never getting a ballpark that cheap ever again of that quality. That doesn't mean that we need to use it for a AAA team. We would never get a AAA team back here in Edmonton, but there's lots of other things that I think we can do with it. That being said, there was also no professional baseball in the city of Edmonton for, you know, close to from like 1955, I think, until the Trappers came back. So you, you just never know, right? Like that stadium just sat there as Renfrew thankfully no one tore it down and put condos up at that time and so I, I kind of hope that we stay away from that so I would like to express that stuff but I don't really want to go down the road of being as invested in this as I was with fighting the arena so I, I think I'll try to stick to more of the historical stuff or just new like actual just baseball stuff you did a great Yegball. Um, all of I've loved all of them, well, but the, the thing that I'm thinking about right now, just in the context of the Trappers, was the last Trapper standing. Yes. Um, in kind of prompted by the last Expo, who's still yes. playing. Yeah. Um, did you get traction on that? Did people pick that yeah, up? Yeah, I mean, I'm actually been very happy and very surprised. When I was doing the Battle of Alberta and I had writerly ambitions, you know, it was I was much more concerned. About, like, I cared about clicks and, and, and comments and stuff. I don't care about that now. I'm doing this just for fun. So for me, it was like, if, I, if Alex and Martin like it, it's kind of like good enough for me yeah. and my wife, right? Yeah. Like, if I, the three of them go, this is awesome, then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm good. So I've actually been pr- very happy. And, of course, Karen, if you like it, because, I, yeah, I would be unhappy if you dis- disapproved of anything I did in my life. Um, that's actually true. Um, I've been very happy that people have responded so well to it. And I think it proves that a Edmonton really is a baseball town and always has been. Um, and sort of reading that book and digging into stuff, you sort of do realize how much of a baseball town Edmonton has been, especially compared to Calgary. People just really like archival things, right? Yeah. Such a big popular thing now. And uh, people just really want to know about the history of their city. And for me, a lot of this is as new to me as it is to everybody else. I mean, even the last Trapper Standing thing, like, I, it never even occurred to me until I was, even when they were the first stuff was about Last Expo standing, it, I didn't even clue in. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I was just laying in bed one day or just lying around and I was like, wait a minute, there's like 
three guys left and that's it or whatever. So yeah, so just jumped on that. So that's that, like I said before, but it's been so great is I kind of, when I started it, I wrote down a list of like, okay, here's like five things that I, like five posts or whatever. Right. And some of those I haven't even gotten to yet because new things have opened up for me to be able to talk about and write about. And it's been, it's been pretty cool. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to hear about the local blogs that Andy likes to read. Okay. This episode is brought to you by the Ignite Edmonton Festival. It happens at the Shaw Conference Center on September 9th and 10th, and it is the ultimate gathering for entrepreneurial teams, creative builders, and change makers. You'll get to hear from global leaders and innovators, and you'll also get to take part in practical workshops with local experts like me. Here's how you can get a great deal on a festival pass. Subscribe to my newsletter at seenandheardyeg.com. That's seenandheardyeg.com. The next newsletter will contain a promo code that gets you 25% off the admission price. Apply that code when you buy your pass at igniteedmontonfestival.com. And I'll see you there. What blogs do you like to read that are made here? I mean, 10 years ago when this stuff first started, you had RSS feeds or you had things that you went to every single day. You A, a website was a destination point, right? Now, especially with Twitter and other social media things, it's just all within the chain. It's all... So I read a ton of stuff, but I don't actually go back to many sort of consistently to be looking at things. And this is always kind of the weird thing with the oil augusture. Half the guys who sort of wrote about that stuff were all living in Toronto. They were Oilers fans. They were from here, but they were living out there. So, so if we're talking about blogs in, in general, there's tons that I love. If we're, you know, and there's a lot like, you know, black dog hates skunks, Pat, it's the craziest writer, but it's just the most wonderful experience. Every time I read one of his posts, I'm just, it's awesome. Um, but, uh, you know, and Tyler's stuff, he does not doing it anymore, but it was fantastic. I mean, if I'm thinking about Edmonton one specifically, you know, Copper and Blue is great. Um, the stuff that Ryan Batty's doing and, and Derek were doing before and Benjamin and all those guys, like, uh, fantastic. That and Low Tide, I still check Low Tide. He is amazingly prolific. He he writes like a lot on his blog, and then he contributes to Oilers Nation yeah, too. It's ex- like amazing. He pumps out a lot of material, and he's eternally optimistic. Which, as someone who's a cynic like me, is actually I find it nice and refreshing to be able to just sort of have that like optimism, but not. He's not stupid. It's not blind. It's not. It's it's really informed. He's a a very informed hockey fan. Plus, I just love hearing the historical stuff and we're also both like like making like almond brothers references and things like that so low tide's another one that i like to read my favorite i guess blog is actually a tumblr by an ex-colleague of mine ryan eigenram who um we worked here at epl together actually and a tsunami of love i think is what the the tumblr is called you, you kind of forget the titles with tumblr because you yeah. just start following things so you, it just shows it's up just in your feed and Ryan is a total free spirit. She's super creative. She's a designer, and I was always blown away with her work here and everything she's done since. I just love it because it's a you just sort of see her creativity and her freedom and sort of that that expression come through in in the Tumblr. And it's not her own stuff. It's just reblogging. Um, she doesn't use it to write her own stuff. She uses it just to reblog stuff. I mean, she puts her own, some her pictures and stuff in there, but it's mostly just reblogging. But it's just, it's awesome. I love it. I, I, I love it. I just find, yeah, it's wild in, in all the best ways. Um, 
Rev Rev Recluse and all the vintage stuff. I I love. Um, those that's that's vintageedmonton.com. Yeah, vintageedmonton.com. Yeah. 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 So, when you know when you're 25, you can just consume everything and yeah. then you have kids and you have job and you have other things and you're old and tired yes and it's like no i need to actually cut out some of this stuff which really for someone like me who just likes to be in touch and know gather as consume as much information as possible is, is kind of frustrating but at the same time you just can't do it i often ask my guest for just a parting word of advice so taking all of your um, history, especially in sports blogging. If yeah. someone wanted to start a sports-related blog right now, what would your advice be for that person? I don't even. I don't know. Like I, because there's there's two voices in my head right now. One's the writer, and one's the social media person. The writer saying, "Just go for it and write and just." right and and just express yourself the social media person's like is a blog the right place to be doing this stuff anymore should they just be using twitter should they just be doing these micro essays on twitter which actually i hate mm-hmm. I, they drive me crazy is it hard jeet or the jeet hard jeet here yeah I, those, those drive me crazy like just write a blog post please just write a blog post like the content's great i just don't like uh, something bugs me about getting like 20 tweets in a row yeah um but then, at this, but it's it's changing, right? That's the thing is, it's this is all constantly evolving. So maybe that is like obviously it works for him. I mean, it works very well for him. So maybe that is the way to go, and people shouldn't wor- be worrying about blogging. Um, but I mean, just generally, writerly creative advice is just go for it and and go for it with no fear and build a community around yourself. I mean, that was to me the best the best experience I had with Battle of Alberta wasn't the content I was putting out, although I'm proud of some of the writing I did, it was a community that I, that we built around it and the friends that I built around it and the, and the, you know, the advancing of my knowledge and, and everything. So if you can still do that with blogging, (laughs) then, then do it, you know, build that community around there and, 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 and embrace yourself with the right people. I mean, that was part of it too, right? Which was that we just jumped in with others. Like it wasn't like I just wrote my own stuff and didn't go comment anywhere else. Like I went and commented there. They went and commented. It wasn't a trick. Like we were, I wasn't calculated and be like, well, if I go comment <laughs> there, they'll come comment back in my blog. It was organic, but um, it was it worked. You know, yeah. that really helped foster a community with each other. So. Don't really have any other profound. Oh. Well, I mean, I have other profound words of wisdom, but in terms Not of about that. in this, this, that's that's about it. Which is just go for it. I I think that's excellent advice. Thank you very much for coming. Are to we talk done? To today. I could literally done. talk for like. Can I'm we gonna talk like about have to else? talk about like twelve minutes out of this already. <laughs> let me com- let me complete the circle here. Okay. Um, be sure to visit yegball.tumblr.com and you can follow Andy on Twitter at agrabia a g r a b i a, and you can find you out. You don't want to do that, actually. <laughs> well, it's an experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find out more about Andy at andygrabia.ca, and that links to his other tumblers and projects and stuff, and all the links to everything and his recommendations will be in the show notes at seenandheardyeg.com subscribe to my newsletter at seenandheardyeg.com so you can get a heads up on when the next podcast is ready and you can catch my weekly roundup of great blogs and podcasts in Edmonton and you'll also get that deal on a pass to the Ignite Edmonton Festival I'll be back in a week thanks for listening Mm
Thank you.